In August 2015, Gary Newman and Dana Walden, co-chairs and CEOs at Fox, met with journalists to discuss the upcoming Prison Break reboot. When questioned about the reasoning behind rebooting this particular show, Walden remarked that people are still interested in these characters. And she was right. Prison Break remains one of the most successful library shows on Netflix. What is it about these properties that make them so ripe for being remade? A cynic might argue that it's the result of a tired system relying on fond nostalgia to gather as much cash as possible from a sinking ship. But what if it were something more? What if there was some intangible quality that couldn't be quantified? This show is about the search for that essence. This is still interested for Curio. Still interested. It's a TV and film reboot remake podcast for the Curio Network. My name is Jackson Usid. My name is Grace Chapel. And I'm St. Clair. Today we're, we're mixing up a little bit. We're, uh, you know, throwing out the rule book a little bit because it's about time we came good with the whole TV and film reboot remake podcast that oh, we've been yeah. throwing out there for <laughs> a long time. I just thought about that when you said that as yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's sort of the first one. Yeah, and, you know, creative differences, Ben had to go. No, unfortunately, he he got cut. It's it's rough. It's rough, you know, particularly doing it on New Year's Eve as well. Being like, unfortunately, 2019 (laughs) does not hold podcasting in your your Um, tea leaves. No, he's on a lovely holiday in Bali. Mm. We'll be back. What else could we start TV reboots with? With the all-time great Doctor Who. Yeah, the first first ever TV show. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's what history taught me. Yeah, exactly. I didn't have Susan's history teacher, obviously. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, this year, so we're, we're jumping right in. We're doing Doctor Who, the pilot episode, part one of the Unearthly Child serial. I also read that pilot is actually an inaccurate term because this predates the whole concept of pilot episodes. Oh. Really? Yeah. <laughs> So it's Huge. just, it's the first. Yeah, it's the first <laughs> They one. just dove straight in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, really, they really, really did. Uh, Sidney Newman, the creator, a Canadian producer that was asked to basically just <laughs> fill a slot between children and adult programming. Um, yeah. And yeah, they developed the concept of well, this show. Probably worth also quickly throwing into the mix. It is New Year's Day. <laughs> It is. And it is rough. Wow. And it is rough. Um, it's 2019. But hey, we're here. <laughs> we're living, we're breathing. Yeah, I mean, that's why we had to bring in the big guns. Saint and I have volunteered ourselves as the Doctor Who experts. Exactly. That yeah. live in With pedigree. the local area, you know. <laughs> oh, no, I flew from Sydney just for oh, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Australian experts. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the two of you have claimed to English heritage. That I've heard you both yeah. talk about at length. It's true. But yeah. like my mum did introduce me to Doctor Who. She mm-hmm. is English. Wow. You got introduced to Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What was he like? All of them. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Wow. At once. It was wild. Uh, actually, he's called the Doctor, so get out, there you go. That's the sort of <laughs> the sort of very precise yeah. takedowns of, you know, any anti-nerd culture. Now, before we dive into notes, because I feel like we've got a lot of time. It's a like cards on the table. It's a twenty-three minute episode of television. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, we're going to be like padding it out somewhat. 
But given the, the two of like you and your expertise on this franchise, I sort of want to know, like, what was your... Because you, you mentioned saying that your mum introduced you to the Doctor. Yeah. What are your first, like, connection to the show, the franchise sort of thing? Mm-hmm. And favourite Doctor? Oh, big one. Yeah, getting that early. <laughs> well, yeah, it was just my mum introduced me to the Doctor, the Nacklesons. Yeah, and we, I immediately fell in love. With Christopher Nacklesson, didn't we? Not... <laughs> All right, hold off with your favourite doctor. (laughs) And I definitely will say Matt Smith, 100%. Yeah, wow. Huge. Huge, huge. 100%, love that bow tie. Yeah, fezzes are also cool. Mm. A lot of of great stuff. Yeah. What about you, Gracie? Yeah, it was my dad, who is also British. He he watched it growing up. He was, like, born in 1960, so I think he's, like, kind of the perfect age audience. (laughs) The perfect fan. Yeah. When they started the reboots, he was, like, so excited. Yeah. he was like, guys, we have to watch this. And I was like 10, so it was... Also a good age. Yeah. A really be. good age. Yeah. It was terrifying, but it was great. Yeah. I don't think I found it spooky. I was just definitely like a sci-fi nerd at that point already. Oh, right. right. Yeah. So I just got sucked right in. Um, I remember my mum being like genuinely worried that it was going to be too spooky for a young girl. Because oh, of how... so spooked. Yeah. Because she talks about remembering hearing the sounds of the theme song downstairs when she's upstairs and like running down the stairs to watch it but being like so terrified about what she's about to experience yeah it's very close between David Tennant and Matt Smith yeah but I think it is still David Tennant for me yeah I do wonder as well if it's how much the writing impacts on how much you love the that particular doctor right yeah absolutely Uh, but also like the nostalgia of David Tennant is huge for me yeah whereas yeah Matt Smith I was a lot older yeah that's true But I I think with Matt Smith, that whole season five and six story arc is just stunning. I would agree that it is better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What I want to like just jump to really quickly off the back of what you were saying, saying about your mum being spooked by the opening credits, not to dig too long into our like parchment of of notes, but the very iconic, very well-known theme music for this show and also original title sequence is trippy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Like... I, I didn't understand why it's terrifying. It's a kaleidoscope nightmare. Yeah. It's yeah. an acid trip. It's literally an acid trip. Like, you have this, like, really imposing electronic music, which is, like, yeah. quite foreboding. And, and then, s- like, so early in electronic yeah. music. Like, there yeah. are people who are hearing it who have never heard electronic yeah. music before. That's like, so true. I didn't this? even think about that. No, yeah. This is, like, predating... When was it the first Beatles album? Like, that's... And also, like, what other TV shows were there around... Prior to this. That's interesting, actually. Sci-fi shows happening in, like, 1963. The Twilight Zone. Oh. Uh, The Twilight Zone is wrapping up around this time. Probably more of an American audience, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Something that's, like, so immediately British, I would say. You had The Outer Limits. Oh, this is fun. I'm glad that we've gotten to this already. Uh, Outer Limits, American television series, compared to The Twilight Zone, with a great emphasis on science fiction stories. That started in 63 as well. Started in 63. So yeah. 63 was a big year big um, sci-fi. for sci-fi, for science fiction. In terms of like other TV around that time, there's Lassie. <laughs> 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 50s. <laughs> there's not a lot that I recognise. So my favourite Martian, about a human-looking extraterrestrial that crashes in L.A., who is in fact an anthropologist from Mars, he finds a news reporter, and they, I guess they just start hanging out. Um, yet Tim takes the Martian in as his roommate. <laughs> TV in the 60s. Like, what, a, what a time to be alive. Oh, oh so, so good. good. 
Yeah, so this this is preceding the moon landing. Yeah, we so, can say, like, was that space race. great for business for Doctor Who? Well, yeah. probably, yeah. Because yeah. we're sort of seeing the concept of space and what is out there is so exciting and tantalizing and countries are essentially going to war about it. Jackson, are you referring to space as a fifth dimension? Ah, <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> um, okay, we, we, we need to actually get into okay. the third one yeah. of the show. What I will say very, very quickly is the first ep- this is the first episode of Doctor Who I ever saw in my life. Oh. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I started with re- reruns on ABC of The Unearthly Child and then the following sequel, the, the following serial that comes out, which is The Daleks. So this is like OG stuff for me. And I'll never, I'll never forget, there's a scene that's coming up where a montage of scenes where Susan, one of the characters, is in the classroom and is talking about how she can't solve a problem because she's been given three dimensions to work in, but she needs four and five, the fourth dimension being time and the fifth being space, which has always stuck with me. And it's, like, I think, a really bizarre thing to say anyway, but also she's meant to be really smart, and surely she can just, like, limit her brain to being like, in this particular equation, I'm dealing with this. Yeah. It's just always... But she's still quite young, though. She yeah. may be really smart yeah. and like otherworldly, but she's still a teenager. Yeah, she's still a dumb. Teen. She's still working out yeah. how shit works. You know, it's rowdy teens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very quickly, yep. your favorite doctor. Also, Matt Smith. Although I would be tempted to say Christopher Eccleston. <laughs> just you, to that, you changed your tune. You were saying Christian the other day. No, I was saying who? What did I just say? Christian. <laughs> you can't even remember his name. <laughs> it's Christopher. <laughs> Um, no, my thing is, like, with Christopher Eccleston is that I do think he gets a bad rap because everyone's like, oh, David Tennant. Like, David, that's... David Tennant. No, David Tennant's great. I'm not <laughs> saying... I'm saying he probably was a better doctor than Christopher Eccleston. But Christopher Eccleston does not deserve the hate he gets. And thus... I don't think he gets hate. I just think he gets I a bit of, does. like, disregard. I, think... I mean, close enough. Yeah. I mean, he had the world on his shoulders, you know? Yeah. Alright. I'll cut him some slack. I'll cut him a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, leather jacket, oh, no- I dig northern leather accent, jacket. you know, kind of a dick. Like, it's great. <laughs> so let's roll into our notes proper, I guess. I regret taking this watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a bold effort, Grace. <laughs> but, like, the spooky sci fi sounds it's of, so like, watermelon. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we are getting this title sequence that we spent so much time talking about. Mm-hmm. This very trippy, mm-hmm. spooky title sequences. Of it, it's kaleidoscopic. It's like playing with light and shapes. In how do you reckon they did it? What do you reckon they're filming? Obviously, no special effects. I thought maybe water somehow. It was or like kind of ink in water. water. Oh, yes. like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. But because of like 1963, this is a black and white TV show, yes. and so there's that quality really comes into it as well. Because like you don't have crystal clear like. <laughs> quality right like, the you know, graininess like, helps yeah it does it yeah. does it, it makes the whole thing feel like really I don't know I think I'm gonna say spooky a lot but it does feel spooky it probably helped a few of those practical effects as well yeah, yeah. no totally yeah. and it is it's just the 60s you yeah know what I mean? it's very, <laughs> oh boy is it the 60s it's very Austin Powers yep. sort of you know there's a there's a, a, a powerful energy going on <laughs> In the making of this show. Well, then we just start with, um, I wrote Missy Spooky Police Boy, um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, who's mm -hmm. just sort of like wandering around what appears to be like just the streets and then goes into like a warehouse. I couldn't really work it out. Yeah, it's a scrap merchant. Yeah. And the the name on the scrap merchant is in fact Foreman, which we'll (laughs) we'll come back to later. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, and then I think does he discuss? He does he? Yeah, he sees it. He sees the iconic police well, box. Does he or does he like have a look around? Bail and the camera just push in through the door. There's there's a couple of very oh, yeah. powerful camera movements where it was like <laughs> the camera operator was like, I'm just, this is more interesting. Um, but the cameraman kicks down the door, rolls on in, um, and then we see the iconic black and white police box. Because, yeah. <laughs> of course, it's not blue this time. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's, it's just seared in my mind as blue. Absolutely. Like, I saw it as blue. Yeah. I put yeah. colour into the TV. But I guess, like, because they would have been blue, right? We, like, they would have been mm-hmm. a regular, normal thing that people would know. Exactly. Like, so you see a police box, you'd be like, oh, a blue yeah. police box. Yeah. But watching it now, without having ever really seen police boxes like, other than the TARDIS. That's the TARDIS, like, yeah. Exactly. Because, <laughs> yeah, I don't actually understand, I've never understood the concept of police boxes. Were they phone boxes? Yeah, to call the police. Well, to call anybody else? Or was it just, like, one line? Well, I guess I'll have to look it up now. <laughs> a police box is a public telephone kiosk or call box for the use of members of the police or for members of the public to contact the police so it obviously just like calls directly to the police you can go to different areas if you need but yeah usually blue with the notable exception being Glasgow where they were red until the 19 until the late 1960s so confusing for anyone from Glasgow (laughs) to be watching this show and everyone's talking about the blue box and they're like what the fuck are you talking about it's clearly a red police box Where's Peter Capote? Is he Glasgow? Oh, he might, he might be. <laughs> yeah. He's probably very confused, yeah. I'm um, surprised it didn't change colour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One thing I want to pick up on, like, and I, I've said to you, it's been a monologue about the sound design of the show, but I want to, like, like it continues. It's not just opening credits, and it, it's eerie, and it's, like, dark, and like, very electronic. Honestly, maybe the most compelling or interesting thing about the episode. I'm not saying, I'm not coming out and being like, it's terrible or anything like that, but there's definitely some sort of stilted sort of like dialogue or whatever. But I think the sound design of the show is like really like kind of hot. Like yeah. I, I'm into it. And very remakeable. Very, very remakeable. Highly remakeable. Yeah. I mean, the tune is exactly what it is in the episodes today. Like it. I, I always used to get excited when there was a regeneration to see what they'd do with the new um, song because they changed them slightly for each doctor. Yeah, it's very fun. Well, because we we can jump ahead to like the current doctor, right? The J- Jodie Whittaker um, yeah. re- reboot, and the title theme for that is essentially this like very first. They've gone back to the basics. They've yeah, gone back to it basics, a lot like it. but with a cool dubstep <laughs> drop, <laughs> drop like early on, which I think is like a great a great nod to the original and to everyone's favorite style of music today. It's a banger. Yeah, it's a real genuine banger. <laughs> Yep, so we're just looking around the scrapyard, we see the police box, and then we get the title card, An Unearthly Child, and I think pretty much straight away we're off into <coughs> this school, this British school. Yeah, Coal Hill School, ah. um, which I, I just was bizarre to me. It's <laughs> like a place called Coal Hill that like interdimensional travellers would want to chill it up in <laughs> Coal Hill. Well, they probably want to hide, they want to like lay low somewhere, yeah, right? Yeah, they want to yeah. draw attention to themselves. Yeah. My first impression of this school is just, wow, this is the 60s. There's beehives, there's like mini skirts. It's all happening. It is all happening. Yeah. We get um, so much hair. It's just like so enormous. much hair. We get a couple of like uh, schoolgirls walking through who are like reading something over their shoulder, and then these like cheeky young boys come up behind them, look over their shoulder, and are like, huh? 
and then walk off and the girl's like <laughs> but that's you know what you remember school you know what I mean like you girls obviously you'd be there reading notes boys would be there being like huh and like you know get up all on our business comedy yeah. about oh, wow. then we meet these two teachers for the first time yes did anyone catch a name Miss Wright yes Miss Barbara Wright and Ian Chestington I think uh, two very English School teachers. Very flirty. Very flirty. For English, very flirty. Yeah. 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 Very full. 1963. Mm. Like, Mm. it is, you know. Yeah. Counterculture is coming in and people (laughs) are just banging all all over Britain. Um, Because these school teachers are just... There's a lot of drugs. A lot of drugs going on. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. They've got some real chemistry going between them. Yeah. 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 It was pretty cool, actually. And basically, they're describing their student, Susan Foreman... (laughs) Yeah, write that one down. (laughs) She just sounds like a little shit. Yeah. Yeah. This this kid who just upsmarts me in every class, and (laughs) sometimes I think I should just get her to teach the class. Hey, hey. So, yeah, they're talking about Susan, who is a 15 year old and is a real problem and a real genius. Mm. They talk about how she just lives with her grandfather, who's a very mysterious man, happens to be a doctor. Doesn't like strangers. No. Basically, like, the next five minutes is just Ian and Barbara. They finish school. They're, they're just, just like, bitching about students. Like, yeah. Fucking Susan. <laughs> they want to hang out. Fuck her. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Susan apparently lives at 76 Totters Lane. And how Barbara was like, oh, I'm going to check out where you live then. And... Just a huge violation of privacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, no one was there. And she's like, where does she live? Is she homeless? And we just keep hearing 76 Hotters Lane for a few minutes. Uh-huh. Um, and then this invasion of privacy continues when she's like, let's just follow her home. See what happens. Let's stalk this child. This is the best plan I ever had. What a fun date for the two of them. <laughs> yeah. To stalk a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's horrifying but we get a sense that the um they're genuinely worried about her and they're like think something's up they're suspicious a little bit of the grandfather i think they're Um, they're saying all the right things yes but they've also been talking about how they really want to trip her up and how (laughs) they want to get theirs back and so like yes there's maybe a bit of concern but i think also a bit of like dark curiosity but yeah i definitely thought that plans to stalk School children home, not remakeable. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to hold up. In this climate? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's, a, that's an approach they're going to take. So they go they go and find Susan. She's waiting in another yep. room. She's dancing. She's grooving out. Yeah. She's got a little cake player. She sure is grooving, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> but just with the hand, though. She's that's just right, like yeah, twirling her hand weirdly. Serious and hand dancing. I guess it's a cool hip way to... Or maybe no, because she's a nerd, right? So she doesn't really know how to like... Uh, relax and dance. Really oh, yeah, yeah. So she's grooving a bit weirdly. A bit alien like, <laughs> oh, some would say. A bit unearthly. Yeah. <laughs> now, I have a bit of trivia I'm just going to throw in now because it's very Please, relevant. Yes. Carol Ann Ford was a trained dancer, which is oh. exploited in her doing a very peculiar dance with some chart pop oh, music. Exploited is a strong word. It is, yeah. <laughs> but I also love the idea like, you watch that scene and be like, Wow, she's clearly trained. That's a very good dance. She didn't. She like, wasn't dancing. No, she was like, moving her wrist. But maybe that's what it, real dancing is about, like precision Ooh. and just like stripping. Back, but like the implication know? of exploited is that they made full use of her dancing. <laughs> is so. there more dancing coming? Yeah. Oh, maybe. Quite possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just jump to a dance sequence in like, <laughs> distant alien planet, some alien disco. Actually, while while I have her here, should we? 
do Where Are They Now to see what happened yeah. to Caroline Ford? I would love to. Yeah. Um, so Susan Foreman, Caroline Ford, born June 1940, first of all, was born on the streets. She continued working theatre film, uh, Invasion of the Triffids in 1963. Um, she loves that sci-fi. Yeah. She's in Moonstrike, Compact, Z Cars, which is very tempting to look at. <laughs> and then after Doctor Who, mainly worked in theatre. Although she did reprise her role as Susan in the 20th anniversary of Doctor Who, The Five Doctors, in 1983. Part of the reason why I'm so excited to do this franchise is that, good God, the fan service. And just the like, <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. you remember? Like, we're doing a lot of There's nothing in Z-Cars. I'm sorry. I, I, I thought it was some sort of racing thing, but it's a gritty drama which follows the work of the police force in the fictional northern English town of Newtown. Huh. Sounds like every British film. Yeah, it really does, doesn't it? (laughs) I have some interesting quotes from Susan, though. Carol? Carol. Susan Carol. Same Uh, person, my mind. Carol. (laughs) I left Doctor Who after 18 months, as my character was going nowhere. In truth, I wish I had never gone into it. Afterwards, all the scripts that came my way were for 15-year-olds. Which is kind of wild, because humans age, right? Yeah. So why would you keep being like, hey... Because she was already, if she was born 1940, she was already like yeah. 22, 23. After leaving Doctor Who, she made a guest appearance in a detective drama as a prostitute. When the episode aired, she received angry letters from parents of children who watched her. <sighs> so just like following her around, be like, hey! hey. <laughs> That's horrifying. Uh. Look, it's not, it's bad. <laughs> it's all bad. <laughs> yeah, I think honestly, Caroline's biggest thing <laughs> is doing Doctor Who. But hey, I mean, like, good for her. Like, she's a trained it's dancer. A big thing. And, yeah, you know. We're back with the two teachers basically questioning her a little bit. I think he offers to drive her home, which again, I would say is not PC, not cool at all. Like a bit, yeah, it's a bit sleazy. We were getting sleazy vibes. Well, I think just because of the raw sexual energy of the two teachers, yeah. like it really <laughs> throws off the perspective of the scene. <laughs> and she's just being very cagey about them. Coming yeah. anywhere near her place of... She, she likes the dark. Yeah. She yeah. likes... Oh, yeah. I like walking through the dark. It's mysterious. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good title pitch. Great title <laughs> pitch. Sort of a strange vibe for a 15-year-old girl, but I guess it's the 60s, right? Yeah, but like yeah. even more so. Like. <laughs> Although, I mean, that was that whole, like, leave your doors unlocked culture, right? Yeah. Pre-70s. Was yeah. it? In Coal yeah. Hill? It was a very friendly family place to be. <laughs> it doesn't look like a f- friendly family place to be. No. One thing I'll say here is that Barbara definitely gives Susan a book on the French Revolution. Uh, and Susan <laughs> is, number one, stoked to get it. And then is like, I'll have it back to you tomorrow. And they're like, oh, no, you can give it back to you, back, give it back to us when you finish reading it. And she's like, I'll have it done. And so this is like uh, another hint of like Susan being kind of a dick about yeah. time travel. But anyway. And then, oh, I don't think it's that, about time travel. Yeah, I just think she's a good reader, dude. She's just flexing, like, yeah. you think I can't read this in one night? Why? But I thought that was because of time travel, right? Like, it's a very thick book. Like, I, I think she's, as in, like, she'll be back mm. in the morning, but they're probably going to go somewhere and she's going to, yeah. like, read for a I guess that makes more sense. But, but yeah. I, I like the idea of her flexing. Yeah, yeah. yeah so do I. I think that's Along terrific. with that, why does a book about the French Revolution excite you if you can just go to the French Revolution? Well, it's wonderful that you said that, Grace, because <laughs> as soon as the teachers leave the room, as they're still in earshot, she turns to a random page and is like, but that's not right. That's wrong. Like, 
and it's just kind of like Susan is commenting <laughs> on the historical accuracy of the book but it's like, like I very much get what they were doing here and being like ooh was she there <laughs> like the fact she like turned to a page and was like nah like, <laughs> That's why she loves history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do say that, like, in the Matt Smith episodes, I think, is it Matt Smith or David Tennant, that he loves going to museums, that it's, like, a way of, um... It's like, Keeping score. That's yes. it. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so then we do see the teachers driving to, what is it, number 78? 76 Totters Lane in Seven, Coal Hill. Yeah, and they just kind of lurk in the dark outside this junkyard you know they're back to the flirty banter they're reminiscing about what a little dick Susan is in class I really fucking hate this student <laughs> we get a lot of flashbacks here to what things she's said yeah. to your favourite moment yeah 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 where uh-huh. she's talking about a problem where she's been given A, B and C as the three dimensions and she's like but I can't do it without time and space I need five dimensions now here's my thing with that <laughs> isn't the third dimension space Oh, I don't know. Yeah, like it's in like in terms of like height and then like like height width and then like depth. Yeah, it does seem like that, and it feels like it wouldn't be space in terms of outer space because that makes <laughs> no sense. Why like, that's a dimension. I do love that there was a fade out though of her explaining. She's like, "But I need E and D," yeah. and then he's like, "But what are they?" And she's like, "Time," and then space and there's a fade out of her anguished face yeah as the rest of the class is like bullying her (laughs) presumably looking at her notes and being like oh wow and just like really tearing her apart there's also a scene where she's in another class history teacher barbara is talking about how she gets confused and thinks that there's a decimal system oh yeah 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 so she like doesn't understand how money works Yeah, yeah 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 and so she's just like guys I just forgot that you don't have it yet in class. It's like, you're supposed to be smart, bitch. Yeah, that's what I mean. She's so dumb. Like, she's just kind of like, like, she's either like revealing to everyone that she's a time traveler or just sounds so idiotic. Like, but also, how did the Doctor Who writers know that they were going to go decimal? Yeah, that's pretty big. Because it was like a few years later, hey? I think it was the 70s. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 1971. (laughs) Right. Oh. Grace, how did you know that off the top of your head? Wow. That's wild. I Look know. at this intelligence. Um, do you reckon the BBC just like contacted the crown? And was like, listen, the only way this show is going to keep being made is if you switch the decimal system to yeah, retcon it. Yeah, pack us up. Please. Yeah. Please. We went really big on our pilot episode. We made a sweeping statement. We need you to change. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely get here that these teachers deliberately want to trip up this student. Like, they keep talking about how, like, they want to kind of get theirs back at Susan. They also talk, and this is where it gets a bit dark for me, about how they're not so much here just to check in on her, but they're more, like, curious about who she is as a person. Mm. And at that point I was like, alright, this is... <laughs> This is a dangerous weird. environment for a child yeah. to be in, where you have two adult teachers being like, I just want to know about her. Like, what? what's her yeah. deal? I mean, in their defense, Susan does kind of suck, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're just trying to understand her. Yeah. She's obviously yeah. this, like, complete oddball, you know, who they just want to know where she came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Susan does then show up, wanders into this junkyard, and out come the teachers and follow her in, and she's just sort of disappeared immediately we get that really weird shot yes. that we could not yes i'm not wearing my glasses i was very confused by it <laughs> was it a statue 
It's all very dark and it's a junkyard and there's just like we're getting shots of random shit. Yeah. But I wonder like if it, if you went into like a scrap merchant cuz like scrap, like scrap merchant in my mind sort of speaks sounds more like metal, right? And mm. so they can be reused and that sort of thing. And yet there are all these dolls and skeletons in there. Yeah. And I was like I don't like reusing human <laughs> bones. I don't know, it's very ghoulish. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a strange vibe and we get like the two teachers just roaming around. Um, trying to figure out where Susan's gone and what the fuck is happening, basically. There was a line in in the sequence from uh, the guy who I do find, like, frankly, a little bit too cocky and a little bit... He's a fucking rock star, yeah. or thinks he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I take things as they come. As she, they were walking into the room, and yeah. I was like, so what, he's saying that He's prepared to fight something in the... I think so. Yeah. I think Is that what he's going? Like, she was like, I'm scared. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I take things as they go. He's yeah. showing off in front of her. Yeah. 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 Totally. He's trying to like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's trying to seduce her and be like, I'm a big oh, strong man. I can walk into a spooky junkyard. Yeah, I'm a After science. a spooky girl. I'm a science teacher. <laughs> Don't worry about a history. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could make a bomb if I wanted to. I understand all the... I'm the most dangerous Meth? man Don't in worry Cold about Hill. it. Yeah. <laughs> And then eventually they find the police box and they're very confused about its presence, which obviously you would be. They are just so kind of prescient of what's... Like, yeah. he just goes up and touches it and he he says, it's alive. Yeah, he yells, just, it's <laughs> alive. He's like, it's alive! And like, <laughs> She's like, oh, it's vibrating a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, that's that's life. That's, <laughs> this is a beating heart. <laughs> like, it's bizarre. For a science teacher, like, come on. Like, you know... Yeah, he's a secret genius, I guess. Then we definitely do hear. So Barbara very quickly is like, "We should go. We we need a bail." And like at this point, like Ian has walked all the way around the police box and is like, "It's just it's not plugged into anything unless it's like mm. plugged in below or whatever." I'm I'm so confused. We hear Susan yell out, and it sounds like from inside the telephone box. And then an old man appears, having a bit of a cough. And here he is. It's William Hartnell. William Hartnell, Susan's grandfather, the doctor. (laughs) Numerous titles to ascribe to this man. For anyone that's familiar with the 2005 revival of the show, this might be a bit confronting because this version of the doctor is kind of malevolent and kind of a dick. Yeah, he's a big old asshole. He's, he's a cranky. cranky. He's crazy. Well, he's, nuts. he's absolutely crazy. And like also because like the way Doctor Who works, this is the youngest we've ever seen him. Like this is he's a young boy at this point yeah. compared yeah. to like in later seasons where, you know, he's like 1100. Yeah. This is not the the hot young trim man that you know no. and love. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a very particular vibe going on here. It's not that. And he tells him to go away basically. One thing I want to touch on here is how much he definitely seems like a murderer. Because the teachers are talking to him, being like, she's in there, she's in that box, she's locked inside that box. And he's like, no. He's like, (laughs) what are you going to do about it? I've written down, at one point he says, afraid? Ha! Go away. I I don't remember the context. I feel like that was Ian definitely threatening him. Like, because Ian's come in being like, he's ready for a fight, basically. Yeah. And he's seen, he's seen a frail old man. He's excited to beat the shit out of him. Um, and then, he knows he can take him. Yeah, exactly. He's, that's what I mean. Barbara's there. Yeah, he's going to impress her. Exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah, he tries to threaten the doctor, and then the doctor responds, Afraid? 
go away. <laughs> Which is just... <laughs> doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make any sense no. at all. And there's another moment where the Doctor just, like, looks dead in the camera. And yeah. it's like, what are you going to do about this? There's a lot of straight-to-camera throughout oh, this right. episode. Yeah. Very creepy. Because they're, they're all, like, their eyes are all so open. The use of hallucinogenics is obviously, like, <laughs> rampant throughout the crew. Yeah. Barbara kind of, like, comes up to... Mr. Chessington, like, wraps him by the top button as if she's about to undo it and is like, let's go get a policeman. They're really stuck with me. Barbara was at this point, she's like, fuck this whole thing. Let let him kill Susan. Problem one solved. Let's go fuck now. Because, like, yeah, so, like, the doctor's like, shut the door. So Susan is like, I think, peeked open the door, being like, what's going on? And then Barbara fucking takes her chance and just dives <laughs> into it. the void. Brave. Yeah. MVP to Barb. Yeah. Barb, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's, that's, a, that's a fair statement. Because, like, she certainly seems the most concerned about Susan's well-being, the 15-year-old well, Except for when she wants to... Well, no, because Susan has to be alive for her to be able to, like, take her down, right? She'll never, like, get her, oh, like... so you're yeah. suggesting it's, like, a, it's like a, a Batman Joker scenario <laughs> where, like, like, each one needs the other. Yeah. Interesting. And, yeah, so we burst into, oh, just that classic control room. And I've got to tell you, I got very excited by the spheres and... The, Little circles? Yeah. 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 It's very good. It's, it's so sleek, so It's very stylish. sexy. I'm impressed. Like, I'm genuinely impressed by what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. It does help that it's black and white, though. I Probably. Think. Yeah. <laughs> you miss out on the orange carpet. It would otherwise... <laughs> <laughs> and I also love that there's just, like, statues around. Yeah. So, like, is that implying that they haven't been doing much space travel or have they just nailed those down? Because we all know that... I know. Like, modern Doctor's consortium is very utilitarian. Yeah. And, like, there's nothing... Fancy there. No. Maybe they've just become like uh, time traveling art thieves. And that's what they've been doing through Coal Hill. And that's all like the scraps. That's why they're using the scrap merchant. And they're hiding like famous statues from antiquity. Just like secretly uh, keeping on the British tradition of stealing <laughs> exactly. artifacts from. And that's why he loves the British so much. <laughs> now, as we've burst into this police box at this point, I thought it might be fun to very quickly run through couple of plot keywords oh yeah Ooh. good um, fun good fun yeah i mean i figured why not and these are the plot keywords for doctor who 1963 to 1989 the first edition of the tv show so they're a bit general right but that's okay because <laughs> first plot keyword doctor who not surprising <laughs> sort of not really a plot keyword sort of more Just, the title I mean, doesn't that say a lot about the kind of impact of the show that's that true that's a keyword in um, itself Second one, gunfight at the OK Coral. <laughs> That's Corral. the second one? Yeah. What? Um, number three, Doc Holiday. Now. Now. <laughs> number four, reference to Tombstone, Arizona. Arizona Territory. Arizona. Reference to Arizona. Eccentric. Now we're sort of back, back on there. Yeah. Time Traveler. That's the 11th <laughs> one. Time Traveler <laughs> is the 11th plot keyword to Doctor Who. Below three about Arizona? Yeah, exactly. Time travel again, space travel, human alien. Which human is, alien? Ooh, I think it's Humanoid, human alien. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which is, listen, I know we talk about kink a lot on this show, <laughs> but that's definitely why that exists. I want something that looks human, but oh, definitely is God. not from here. Oh, Jackson. <laughs> yeah, look, you don't have Ben to back you up. Yeah, no, I really <laughs> do. So it appears the reason why... 
There's an episode of Doctor Who called The Gunfighters, which is an exploration of the gunfight at the OK Corral, which, which is, is a historical gunfight that happened, which a number of films have been made about, including Gunfight at the OK Corral, A Pistol for it? Ringo, Johnny Ringo, The Return of Ringo, Ringo and His Golden Pistol, etc. So... We are back. We are inside uh, this telephone box, which is very quickly called a TARDIS. They're doing the whole bigger on the inside thing without saying it, right? I know. Yeah. I was hoping there was a bigger on the inside quote, but there wasn't. There wasn't. Yeah. There Must be a later thing. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a reboot thing. Yes. Yeah, so we are inside the TARDIS now, which Susan reveals uh, is and the name she gave it because it, it is a time and relative dimension in space. Yeah, she's a shit talker. She's like, I thought you could understand this. It yeah. stands for time and relative Oh my god. Like, <laughs> have a look at where we are. What do you think? Obviously the first letter is time. Yeah. like and The if second she's... one is definitely and. Like, it's a, it's it a should... capital and. Should, yeah, it should definitely be like... Turdus. Turdus. <laughs> I guess they couldn't really call it Turdus, could they? <laughs> they could have changed yeah, the other words, yeah. though. Yeah, that's like, true. Like I mean, that is right. No, they couldn't have, because it is what it is, literally. Like, that's how it exists. Yeah. Uh, it is quite funny that she's like, why don't you understand this? When she spent, like, obviously being traumatised by school and not being able to understand. Like, you yeah, know, shouldn't she get like, the whole... Maybe she's just like, let me give you a taste of your own medicine. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's yeah. teaching the class now. Um, <laughs> or maybe she's just like a, a moody teen, you know? And she's she like, no like one understands teen. me, and you don't understand time travel either. <laughs> oh. Well, she's a time lord, right? So she is. Yeah, it, we are revealed in this. It is revealed in this scene that she is the doctor's granddaughter. Yes. So they're both, and we, we get here, they are both. Aliens, in a sense, they are from uh-huh. a distant world in a different time, and they they can't go back. They're exiled, but they want to go back. Yeah. yeah. But importantly, there is no mention of Gallifrey or Time Lords or ladies or anything mm. like that. It is oh, wait, they're I didn't just even aliens. Realize that they didn't say Time Lords. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like mysterious alien people and that sort of thing. It's a lot for everyone to take in. Now, here's some interesting trivia that I just read. Apparently, when it was first created, it was not intended to be a science fiction show. They were like, this is an educational program for children where half the episodes we go back in time and learn about history and oh. half the episodes we go forward in time and learn about science. And, and then thus having a history and a science teacher to explain exactly, those concepts. Exactly, yeah. Well, that's a bit boring, isn't it? And then it? after a while they were like, you know what? The history ones suck. This is a sci-fi show now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, that's so bizarre. I know. Because, I mean, like... The history stuff still definitely exists in the contemporary Doctor Who. It's just like, mm. we're, we're in Venice now, and also think, vampires. Like, you know right, what I mean? That's, I think that's what it said, is that back in those days, it was literally just history. There was no aliens. Right. Yeah. Oh. Well, so they, they made a better choice. Far better choice they did. to go with the sci-fi stuff. They figured it out. <laughs> Eventually, yeah, yeah. Because um, I, I would even think, like, imagine that whole pilot sort of thing, and we get to the point which we get to now. Which is that they're like, let us go. And then like uh, Susan's like, you got to let them go. Like, granddad, please. And he's like, no, no, they would just tell someone. Yeah, it's a bit for long, they right? can't They can't be let go. But so is he going to kill them? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> this murderous old man is going to like disintegrate them or whatever. But like Susan is like, they're good people, granddad. Don't murder them again. <laughs> and then 
He's like, well, if you love them so much, you go with them. And she's like, well, maybe I will. And he's like, fine, bye. He's obviously just crazy and like, yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely unhinged. Sinister yeah. is the word I would use. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's like... Which I will say is quite remakeable in terms of like... It's quite cool. Like it's Having an um, anti-hero, not anti-hero, but yeah. Yeah, yeah totally, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's that's sort of fair. Yeah. So then, so he was he was they were going to kick them off the ship, and she was like, "Fine, I'll go with you." And then did the doctor just change his mind, and he's like, "Ha ha!" and just starts like essentially about to take off. I think so. Yeah, Is that what happens? So. For some, that makes sense. For some reason, Susan throws herself into the doctor and starts wrestling him. Well, because yeah. she's trying to stop him from taking yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Susan tackles him, but it doesn't stop it because we get that noise. Oh yeah, boy. Iconic. I, I do have a confession to make that I did hear this noise in the public, in like out in the world. Oh no. And for a oh, split no. second, oh, I thought no. he was coming for me. Oh, oh. No. I was my friend's ringtone and her phone was in the cupboard in the bar that I was working oh, at. Bitch. And I was just like, and it was quite loud because it was in a cupboard. And I was just like, stopped. I was like, what? What a high followed by I know, what a crash low. Low. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, I'm still waiting for my Harry Potter letter, so, you know. Yeah. It is kind of, like, a similar deal, right? Like, I know I've had conversations with, for example, Ben McAllister about Doctor Who, where he's just like, it's not a science fiction show, it's a fantasy show. Mm. There's this magical wizard in a box who has a sonic wand, and he, right. like... yes. Takes you out of your boring life and flies away. Yeah. Which I think yeah. is certainly probably the case with, like, the revival. But, like, mm. I would definitely call this a science fiction show because yeah. The, yeah. They, they've gone to such pained efforts to be like, this is the concept we're tackling. <laughs> this is how it works. So we start time travel, basically. And I think it's... There's no real sense of, like moving here it's sort of I will say there is a shot though so after we after we get the spooky noise and we like take off essentially um and the doctor's laughing (laughs) just crazily yeah in the corner (laughs) um we do get a shot of I was very quick but I think it was of London zooming away yeah I think it was like it got got smaller but it didn't get smaller it just just, the frame got (laughs) (laughs) it didn't actually zoom out we are leaving London (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then we um, get the, <laughs> some great effects there. Yeah. And then we get the um, classic bendy time, time space tunnel timey wimey yeah. stuff. I was, mm-hmm. and then we get. I love it because we're zooming, we're getting fade in and out of their like close ups of their faces. I was half expecting their faces to start like shifting morphing. and morphing yeah. with it, but it didn't. So that would have been very fun. But it's still very, very back to the original theme. With the acid trip, black and white shapes. Oh boy, I thought that those teachers, I reckon those teachers thought they took some bad acid. (laughs) Um, And then they arrive in a clearly set desert. Yes, yes, it was, yeah. I just really want to figure out how they actually did the title sequence. Trying to figure it out. I do love that it comes out later. In with River Song, that the noise that the TARDIS makes is just with the brakes, the brakes left on. on. Yeah, <laughs> I think that sort of retconning of like old stuff is people get really pissed at Stephen Moffat for that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I yeah, think it's I think great. So, yeah. so it's uh, I think it's called a Howl Round effect. Howl Round. The L's important. I think I was like Howl Round. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought you were saying. But it's created by putting a camera down its own lens to create like a feedback loop. 
So I guess this is just sort of like bending light yeah. in a certain way, essentially. Right. Um, and this is what they then, as they're traveling through time, yeah, we're, we're like getting the faces of Susan and the Doctor, like eyes open, almost looking seasick as like this bending light is like over their faces. And then we come to, and Ian is fucking on the deck. No, so is his old mate. They both passed out. Yeah, but Barbara managed to get, to get herself to a chair yeah, yeah. and is like, <laughs> have a little nap, whereas Ian is just like... Hit the deck. <laughs> so it's implying that time travel, well, the space travel, or whatever, time and space travel, has knocked them out? Yeah, the time vortexes. Yeah. Yeah, and then we are in this desert world, it seems. It's unclear whether we've travelled in time or space or what's happened. There is a an obvious answer from, like, synopsises of the, of the episode, mm-hmm. but in terms of the audience is seeing, it's kind of like, we're somewhere new... And we see this humanoid shadow moving towards the TARDIS. It's quite large, though. It's definitely not human. We know it. Like, it's definitely humanoid, but we definitely know yeah, it's... Yeah, it's alien. Because it's, it's got, like, this weird sort of, like, upper body that's been, like... Weird yeah. hands. Yeah. Looks very strange. Yeah, very spooky. And then music back in. Credits Tune in roll. next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was hooked. Yeah. I was, ex- I was I so surprised it ended so quick. Yeah. Can't believe it was only 23 minutes. Time travel. And space travel, right? Yeah. Like, you can't yeah. not... It's very obvious, but you it's can't not speak to it. It's always going to be interesting. It's yeah. always going to be cool. You add in a bit of, like, mm-hmm. British loyalism and, like, some naff sci-fi, and it's yeah, it's great. But I do know a lot of people who hate Doctor Who, though. Like, I feel like you either love it or hate it. There's no in, there's no in between. Okay, let's have a quick chat in terms of the pros and cons of each of the characters. Okay. Yeah. All right, so let's start with Barbara. Yeah, because uh-huh. she comes in in a huff. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Runs in a half. Great start. You know, a lot of energy in the character. <laughs> she's got a lot of raw sexual energy. <laughs> she's a I real woman. A, that's oh, a pro. She's, yeah. a, she's a real history teacher. That's, that's <laughs> I would say that she genuinely does seem to care. Mm-hmm. But questionable motives. Yeah, maybe a little nosy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She basically, like, basically. Busy, yeah, Ian calls them out, being like, we're just here because we're curious. And she's like, if I thought that we were here because we're busybodies, I'd, I'd go home. And it's like, you're not moving, Barbara. Like, don't, don't kid yourself. Now, Ian, on the other hand, mm-hmm. he's, on, he's, on, he's a schmuck. He's, he's a schmuck? Yeah. <laughs> he's a schmuck. <laughs> I agree. So I was looking for a word to describe him <laughs> the whole episode, and it just came to me. Yeah. Do you think? Do you not agree? I think he has an issue with his own self-confidence. I think he hit the nail on the head with blustery. the... Yeah, yeah. The, the nerdy science teacher that's trying to be... That's <laughs> yeah. been, probably been picked on his whole life in high school, and now is like actually yeah, like matured and come into yeah. himself. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then in terms of that, like, Susan... Who obviously terrific dancer. That's clear. Hand dancer. From the get-go. Huge pro. Huge pro, definitely. Uh, exploited for that, unfortunately, throughout the episode. But that's my LVP actually. To whoever choreographed that hand dance. <laughs> I think it was her. <laughs> I think they were like just because she's a trained dancer doesn't mean she's a true. She wouldn't have hand choreographer. That's a, a tightly guarded field. Yeah, that's exactly. A real that's true. I'm sorry. That was yeah. I, I, I misspoke. <laughs> Susan, I think, like, you know, great girl, um, uh, like, really in love with England in the 1960s. Real specific. Yeah. That's why we didn't really touch on so much. But, like, she talks, and she's yelling to the doctor about how she just wants to stay still. She's been there for five like, months. I love this place. Yeah. I love, I love the 20th century. With all of time and space at your feet. 
I don't know if Cole Hill. Yeah, Cole Hill. Nineteen <laughs> sixties. Would be my first choice no. as a woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the Doctor. It's gonna be hard for me not to give him an LVP. I've got to be honest, just because he does come in such a dick. Like, yeah, but it's such a strong like. He's just like he knows what he wants. He's all. Um, I, I I admire his confidence. You admire his confidence. Yeah. But you don't I, admire Ian's confidence. <laughs> Maybe I'm being a bit biased. <laughs> the doctor said seemed to have like a bit of a desire to drum up mystery, which I kind of yeah. He's admired. a shitster. He didn't know that they were going to think that he was a murderer. Like he just wanted to <laughs> yeah keep him on their toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Where do you lean? MVP. MVP would go to. The cat that's about to walk in and make a lot of noise. I might just uh, pick him up because yeah. it'll be that he's quiet. Yes, yeah, he's a very sweet boy. Yeah. Yeah. You want to do a podcast with us? Um. <laughs> Look, I would say Barbara, but that moment where she was like, "It's an illusion. This isn't." Yeah. Yeah. That kind huge. of. Yeah. Didn't do it for me. Okay, so you're describing but, Barbara. Um, I don't know if I have an MVP. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Okay, here's one for you. It's alive. How about the TARDIS? You <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. I love uh-huh. it. And it zaps him. Yeah, can yeah you it knocks itself? him out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Yeah, yeah, nice. Okay, TARDIS. Great. <laughs> and then who then for LVP? Is that an easier option than... The sleazy boy who looks over the girl's shoulders uh, in the yeah. beginning. Yeah? yeah. LVP? Yeah. Just like... Just being a snoopy sleaze. Yeah, okay. Freaking out school, yeah. Yes. Well, it seems like a bit of a Snoopy and Sleazy school, to be honest. Like, everyone what is a met Snoopy and Sleazy world that they oh, live in? No, yeah, it's, it's so Cole Hill. Why is Susan like it so much? <laughs> the original idea for this first episode saw the Doctor and his companions being shrunk. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> this concept was reused for Planet of the Giants. Ian and Barbara's relationship was much more romantic in the original script. Oh. Wow. <laughs> what was that, like, raunchy script? Dragging those actors were like, these... They cut out. You know what? Let's just do it anyway. Yeah. Subtext. Oh, okay. Yeah. Classic. Classic <laughs> actors. The distinctive Tata sound is officially classified as a piece of music. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's bizarre. Um, what does that mean who, or yeah, do? Who, like, who classified that? Does it say what it is? Uh, it's created by rubbing the bass strings of a piano with a key and playing it back at 10 times speed. Oh, wow. So you can go do wow. it yourself now. Do it at home if you like. <laughs> Um, a lot How of this... do you think they found that? <laughs> so specific. For its entire run, as this is a big bit of trivia, mm-hmm. the series did not have a Bible to keep it consistent. Later in the series run, the producer John Nathan Turner started consulting fan Ian Levine on continuity matters. <laughs> imagine being such a Doctor Who nerd that you get a call up being like, does this track... Oh, oh like, that's imagine... amazing! Because imagine wow. when, when, when like, the Valiard and that sort of thing comes in later on and yeah. like, the timeline is so whack yeah. and all over the shop. Like That's amazing! Yeah. <laughs> Talk about servicing the fans. Yeah. Talk about ballsy, just being like, it'll fit together. Were they not envisioned maybe it was going to get that complex? or I guess not. Oh, do you know what I read? Guess. See if you can guess how many episodes there are. Of this show? Uh-huh. Of like, Doctor Who. Ever? That, that have ever been aired. 110? No, more. <laughs> way, way more than that. I reckon it's probably like 
hundred. Is that a thirteenth Doctor? Yeah, that's exactly why I did that. <laughs> well, look, you overshot it and ruined the bit, Jackson. Oh, it's eight fifty. So. Still, that's pretty fucking that's wild, so though. Many, yeah. Right. Do you think there's like a, a new syndication thing if you hit a thousand? Like, oh, maybe. Yeah. Do you oh, wow. Ever done you just that? never have to purchase again. Oh, they would for like again. soaps, I guess. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so many episodes. You know what I want to know? How long is it? Would it take for you to watch every episode? Yeah. The Doctor's TARDIS has a broken chameleon circuit, which is supposed to enable it to disguise itself to blend into any environment. For example, in ancient Rome, it might look like a Roman pillar or statue from the outside. However, in the very first episode, an unearthly child, we discover that the circuit is broken and the TARDIS is stuck in the shape of a police box. All right, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. If you wanted to watch back to back every single Doctor Who episode. Oh yeah. 10 days and 12 hours. That's not that much. Without sleeping? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> allow, allow. No, I mean, hours. like, if you yeah. if you allow for sleep and eating and breaking, yeah, and if so you're just marathoning, you do it in a month. month. Wow. Grace, have you got a month off? You want to... Wow. Because I do. <laughs> I don't go back to school till the 4th of Feb, so... If you're not a coward... Dude, I go to the same school as you, so... Same day. <gasps> Well. You do sure, I forgot about that. <laughs> Yay, Gracie. Yay. 17 years after his death, it was revealed that John Pertwee, the third doctor, was a real-life secret agent during World War II. What? Whoa. What? That's amazing. <sighs> That's so bizarre. Oh, now I want to do one of his episodes. Yeah. I mean, hey, might be a reason to come back. Uh, what if we do a crossover, James Bond? <laughs> <laughs> this last one. John Pertwee's doctor... Reflected the popularity of James Bond and his era, featured a significant increase in filmed action sequences. The series even had its resident stunt team during this period. Pertwee bought his own love of fast cars, bikes, boats, and planes to this action oriented version of the character. Actual sci fi James Bond. 100%. (laughs) That's so good. Still Interested is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Ben McAllister and Jackson Usid. We are produced by me, Grace Chapel. Editing by Jackson Usid. Theme music is Anitra's Dance, composed by Edward Grieg. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at Curio Network and at SI Curio Show. We'd love to hear from you if you've got thoughts about the show, so find us on Facebook or Twitter. If you like the show, think about giving us a rate and review on iTunes, or wherever you listen. It actually is really helpful. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where I talk with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them. Or How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons, where we play D&D. Seriously, it's a lot of fun. Check it all out at curionetwork.com. We'll see you in two weeks.